Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. kind of a little bit broke there because I'm only I'm so young oh I'm only young I sh- I'm probably underage to be doing this podcast but you didn't know that about me and we're on episode number 34 which will be my age in 10 years time and it's amazing <laughs> oh, when synchronicities of the universe line up like that oh somebody's after going 15 years into the past to do this podcast I see hmm interesting oh I'm not that old <laughs> Um, how are you Annie? How are you? I'm grand. I'm just going to disclaimer here at the start. I might have three quarters of a bottle of wine inside me because this was an impromptu phone call. Um, so uh, I, not that I wouldn't be ready lads, born ready, but it's Williams mm. week. So if I get weirder than usual, you'll know what's happening. Mm. This seems to be a common occurrence, you getting a bit drunk on air. And if you're not careful now, Roisin's <laughs> going to have to fill in for you. Roshi did give me a written warning last week. Uh, she said that I had fat shamefler and I would like to apologise. I was just trying to get the girl a date. I know that she's been looking one. Um, for one, all during COVID, it didn't really work out for her. But who am I to say that she put on a few COVID pounds? She's looking great. There you are, Roisin. Aren't you beautiful? I love that flower in your hair over your left ear. Gorgeous. Now, before we get into today's story, Annie, we do have a little bit of housekeeping to do. So, uh, what's your what do you need to offer up? I am perfectly okay to do housekeeping. Absolutely perfect. I would like to say that we got two new reviews. My threatening to people of last week seems to have actually worked because two of them lifted their lazy arse fingers to type these rather short messages, but we'll take them into the iTunes <laughs> reviews. You're Thank ungrateful, you. bitch. <laughs> the first one says, The Watcher, rolling eyes and then three laughy faces. That is how I feel about you the whole time, Will. Very funny podcast. Like to listen to it if I'm feeling down in the dumps as it cheers me up. Absolutely love the impression of The Watcher. Makes me piss my pants every time. That is from Jews1010 uh, in Great Britain. And we would like to say Jews our thanks and a packet of Tenna Extra Lady Plus Plus Absorption are on the way to you right now. <laughs> also, we have... So isn't it mad the way they're sponsoring today's episode as well? Yes, Tenna, like Tenna Lady Pads for Incontinence. For incontinence and other lady trickles are sponsoring this podcast. We would also like to say that we got a lovely review in from Brooke Rivers 32 and she's in Hey Canada and she gives us five stars. Also, of course, because I'd be haunting her down if she didn't. And it says, love this podcast, Annie me coming first and Will are so funny I love the banters and the sto- I love the banter and the stories smiley face and we love you too and thank you so much Canada uh, we love you we love a little bit of Canada thank thanks, you thanks to everyone who got off their lazy arse to write us a review this week 
Oh, genuinely thanks so much for writing in the reviews it actually helps us loads and um, if you haven't done done so yet it would be great if you did if you could um, thanks so much and also um, we have a little flurry of new Patreon subscribers this week so I want to say um, thank you to Gemma thank you to Deborah Finch thank you to David Mills and thank you to Kathleen Chapman thanks so much for supporting this show guys it means so much and it helps us continue on and uh, deliver you great episodes and if you haven't done so already you could sign up if you wish five dollars a month you get a weekly extra Motu Weird Wednesday episode access to three seasons of What the Fuck is in this book which is I think nearly a hundred episodes and you can also if you wish sign up for the year and get a 10% discount but um, no pressure but thanks so much thank you and you. there's actually a special lottery when you enter as well because Will will give out his grinder profile to every 10th subscriber so you oh, never know geez, you never know you Louise. could be lucky and uh, lads I tell you what and get you, what you get in that is X rated out the door unbelievable this, stuff he puts on there this famous grinder profile makes rears its head every Second episode, at least. Well, bitch, I'm not the Jealous. one. Who, I'm not the one who made it famous, girl. Oh no, it wasn't me. I am going to go down and batter you. Today's story is called the Alagash Four. Mm. Alagash. Alagash. Al, al, your gash. Go on. <laughs> Alagash is a town in Aristoc County in northern Maine a popular destination for well-travelled hunters, hikers and campers due to its surrounding woodlands, rivers and lakes. But in 1976, four men would experience something quite unnatural. Brothers Jack and Jim Weiner, and their friends Chuck Rack and Charlie Faltz had planned to take a summer vacation in the Allagash Wilderness for months. The month of August had arrived and the trip was finally becoming a reality the four men travelled north from Boston into the wilderness of Maine. It was a welcome break for the four art students. A two-week camping trip in the Allagash wilderness was just what was needed to release some steam and get back in touch with nature. For nearly a week, the trip was everything the men thought it would be, and they were enjoying their carefree break from city life. On the second night, however, a strange light was spotted by Jim, Peering through his binoculars, Jim watched as a static light floating above the treetops shone brightly and then winked out. The men put it down to a distant aircraft, perhaps. But Jim felt uneasy about the light, and a feeling of dread filled him for the rest of the trip. It was the watcher, Annie, in a hot air balloon. (laughs) You see, Annie, I watch everybody. And in that particular night, I was watching these four young taut men in my watching mobile, Anne-Marie in the sky. That's what I call it. It's a hot air balloon, but I put watching mobile on the side of it. I'm imagining the watcher up there going, I saw the sign. It opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we do love a little bit of Ace of Base on the show and yeah I'd say the Watcher is a fan I'd say he will be he will, I'd say he'd be into that yeah he I'd would be like I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes I saw 657 Boulevard I the sign <laughs> on the fifth day the men camped near Smith Pond an isolated tree stump filled swamp it was a perfect spot for some night fishing but it would also be the place where the men said their lives would change forever. (gasps) After the men had set up camp at Smith Pond, it was late evening. That particular night was pitch black. No moon graced the sky above them, and the blackness of the night melted into the tree line surrounding them, erasing any points of reference. So it was decided that they would build a huge fire at the camp, allowing them to easily paddle back to their makeshift home once they had finished night shifting. <laughs> once they had... F- <laughs> well, it sounds no. like a porno, gay porno, in fairness. What? Once they had finished night shifting? Sorry, for our American listeners, shifting um, in Ireland means like kissing. So I mispronounced there. It was supposed to be night fishing. 
oh night fishing yeah oh yeah. fishing is what you do on the internet shifting is what we did as kids um when we were young it was like uh, my first kiss was a shift it was like will you shift that fella and shifting meant that you basically got groped by some yokel young fella who shoved his tongue down your throat and did a washing machine interpretation to a slow dance at a disco when you were about 15 continue flames leapt three and four feet into the air from their makeshift lighthouse Its light danced on the reflection of the water as the men paddled further and further out into the lake. Chuck sat in the back of the boat as Charlie and the two brothers paddled leisurely. The men's voices echoed on the lake. After some time, Chuck became aware of a feeling as if someone was staring at them from behind. A presence on the lake, if you will. Turning slowly over his right shoulder, Chuck saw the same light they had witnessed a few nights earlier. Hey guys, look at that! The men turned around in unison, as if they knew exactly what Chuck was referring to. A large round globe of light dominated the sky. It lit the tree line up like a miniature sun. Now, I just want to stop there because, like, (laughs) they described it as being a miniature sun, and I'm like, was it the moon? Like, we on drugs? <laughs> Sometimes I get confused because you see, the nighttime sun is kind of like the moon. <laughs> Sometimes. I was like, this is the 1970s. And when they said miniature sun, I'm yeah. like, was it the moon, guys? Yeah, were you doing drugs, guys? There was a lot of drugs around those days. But we shall withhold judgment for the moment. And you're all art students, guys. So it's all Oh, here for you. fuck's sake. They're off their head on acid. It's the 70s and they're art students. Stop it. The lake was perfectly still. Not a sound could be heard. The waves of the lake smoothed out to a mirror finish. Charlie picked up his flashlight and shone it towards the light in the sky. Covering the flashlight with his hand, Charlie squeezed out a message of SOS. Immediately the light responded... A bright beam of light shone down on the four men's boat. Chuck remembers feeling absolute euphoria in this moment, excited that his curiosity will be satisfied as to what the strange object was. The other men felt very different. Charlie was being filled with fear. Internally, his body was screaming at him to paddle. Paddle as fast and as hard as he could away from the light and get to shore. The light followed. The men, all now filled with fear, watched over their shoulders as the light was gaining distance on them, closer and closer. The next memory the men had was that of being on shore, staring at the bright light, like as if posing for a picture. Charlie picked up his flashlight again and flashed the same SOS message. Now, I'd be telling Charlie Charlie to put down that light, please, Charlie. (laughs) Charlie. Yeah, I don't think it's working for you, Charlie. Everything was grand and then it started chasing us with your little SOS. So maybe you're <laughs> maybe you're not doing SOS. Maybe you're saying, go fuck yourself light because they chased us, Charlie. <laughs> so you know, maybe this is all your fault, actually. These days you just think it's somebody taking a picture of you. You'd be like, hey. Like <laughs> if it's just someone for their Instagram feed. being, You'd be like, hi, the flash is on. But not in the 70s now. Not in the 70s, Will. But this time there was no response, just a static bright light. Slowly the light sank into the night sky, stopping for a moment higher up and then streaked away into the night. The men stated feeling absolutely exhausted and calmly made their way up from shore to their camp. Their makeshift lighthouse was now red embers surrounded by ash, but the men swore they were only on the lake for about 20 minutes. The fire they created should have lasted at least four hours minimum. Exhausted, they climbed into bed and fell asleep. The next morning, they paddled to their next campsite and spent another ten days in the Allagash wilderness, but never saw the light again. As the years went by, the men told family and friends about the UFO, but no one really believed them. After all, they were four college art students on a camping trip. Most believed they had just gotten high or drank too much. Then the nightmares began for Jim and Jack Weiner. 
For years, the brothers had been having the exact same nightmare and only discovered this after one of the brothers admitted it to the other. Always the same, a bright clinical room, a dark, thin figure, a feeling of paralysis and helplessness. Both men say the dark figure prodded and poked at them and was doing some procedure to their genitals. After they shared their nightmares with each other, Jim decided to contact UFO researcher Ray Fowler for help to try and uncover what really had happened to the men. Ray recommended that Allagash 4 should undergo hypnosis with a trained hypnotherapist to uncover the truth. From the beginning, Ray Fowler suspected a possible UFO abduction but did not inform the men. One by one, they underwent hypnosis. Each of the men, Jack Weiner, Chuck Rack, Charlie Fultz and Jim Weiner, described what appeared to be a classic abduction experience. Afterwards, they illustrated what had happened that night with striking similarity. Then the men recounted what really had happened. The men said that one by one, as they frantically paddled to shore, they were lifted out of the boat and then dragged towards the ominous light. Their helpless, fear-filled bodies glided over the water. They tried to scream, but no sound came from their mouths. All four say they were taken aboard a craft where aliens with black oval eyes that had metallic insect-like features forced them to strip naked. These creatures then seemed to be conducting procedures and medical examinations on each of the men. One after another, aliens took blood, semen and fluid samples, as well as skin and hair samples. After the hypnosis sessions, Ray Fowler brought the men together and for the first time they discovered that each of them had recalled the same horrifying events. Amazed, the men shared their experiences. As one man would pause to take a breath, another man would pick up where the other had left off. Soon they realised that the nightmares that they had been having for years were not nightmares, but in fact what they had actually experienced that night in Allagash. Soon after, the men went under a polygraph test, which they all passed with ease. Now, what are you thinking, Annie? Uh, uh, <clears throat> when you're saying this story to me, I just keep thinking back um, to the one that I did a while ago. That was the, remember there it was a two-part one called Communion of a guy who had a very similar experience but didn't realise it until he started having some weird flashbacks and then went under a regression and then came to kind of um, find out some of the very same stuff as you're saying here. And he had had been having medical problems in his down there region, like and going to the doctor for them and didn't mm-hmm. realize why he was like so hurt, like he had an injury basically and didn't know what had happened until he did this regression and was like oh I know what had happened it's because I had been poked and prod- prodded and had had samples taken so at the moment because of prior investigation I'm saying yes this did happen mm, yeah it's very 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 weird story now there is parts of the story that I'm a bit like, hmm, because Ray Fowler went on to write a book about the whole experience and published it okay. and obviously made some money off it. But then mm-hmm. Ray Fowler was a, like a UFO researcher. So he probably, I don't actually know if he had had books out beforehand, but I presume he did, um, which is kind I- of a bit of a money racket thing, I think, with that. But then I'm like, oh, like, is it really worth making your self out to be a possible weirdo in 1970 whatever because back then it would have been less accepted as such it would have been a bit like fucking weirdo um i'm not really sure but i think ray fowler might have been the same guy that my that my guy went to for his oh, like regression sessions or whatever yeah i must check i must check that out so yeah you would be like oh is there is there a kind of, is there something going on here? Is this a money making expedition? But then why would these four men, like it had obviously really affected their lives. Like they're having like nightmares, flashbacks, dreams and stuff like that. Why would you, especially back in the 70s, why would four ordinary guys, okay, art students aren't that ordinary, but whatever. Why would you want to have to say, why would you want to make up that this had happened to you? It doesn't make mm. any sense. 
Yeah, true. Very true. So now Annie, I'm going to play for you the actual real tapes of the guys going through their aggression. So are you ready? Oh my God, no, not really. Not really, but okay. They don't know what to do. I think they think I'm going to come after them. I feel like I want to. I feel like I want to. The first one that comes near me, I'm going to throttle them. That's what I want to do is throttle them. I don't like these things. I don't care where they come from. They shouldn't be doing this to people. Jim's brother Jack found the faces terrifying. They're right there. Their face is right in my face. I don't know why. I don't want to know. I don't want to know what they want. They're saying things. They're explaining things with their eyes. In my head, they're saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We won't harm you. They say, do what we say. Just do what we say. Charlie Fultz was the next to be examined. I'm afraid that it's like a doctor's office. Cold like a doctor's office is cold. They put the panel over your chest and they scrape your arms, your chest, your legs, and thighs. <laughs> we shouldn't be here. keep thinking I want to be back in the canoe. Chuck Rack had a good view of what the aliens were doing to Charlie. See some sort of device on him. They've got a, it looks like a silvery, it looks like the, like it's got curves on it. It's almost like, like it sucks something. He's got his head tipped way back. It's almost like he's in pain. We're just there. We're, we can't help him. We're just... All we can do is watch him. So what did you make of them? Oh my God, it's so giving me... The, I actually got the creeps. Like, it's just like... I don't really want to hear it. Like, I don't really want to listen to it. But it's kind of like a car crash at the same time. I do want to I do want to listen to it. And like... Unless the four of them got together and were like, okay, this is what we're going to describe. I, like, I know it's not that specific. But like, it, it's got like generalities that are very common. You know, they're saying kind of basically all the same thing. And it's very common to what um, the guy I was I investigated there a while ago was saying like the very same thing, like this long silvery kind of object. And they're taking samples from all different parts of their bodies and they're they're paralyzed in some way. Like it's like it's terrifying. So it keeps going through my head. Like, why would they make this? Like, why would they make this up unless there's some kind of like in the regression the hypnotist has put them up to this somehow that's the only thing i can think of yeah yeah like no i definitely think that something definitely happened on that night because they all witnessed the same this something in the sky and it's kind of like for what gain for what gain is this all for so yeah i think 
something is quite int- like something definitely happened but some skeptics say that it's because the men were subjected at that time to all those type of films that would have been out about aliens and abduction and all that that in your head you make up a narrative because you can't really fill in the time now what i'd love to know is like did they take any drugs on their trip yeah. Like, were they taking fucking mushrooms? Were they taking LSD? Like, were they, like, were they up to stuff? You know, yeah. and then, yeah. you know, did they concoct something in their head because of fucking shooting stars in the sky? You okay, know, okay, yeah, but that that wouldn't really allow for the time lapse kind of a thing. Like, they think they were only out there for twenty minutes, but then when they came back it seemed like they'd been away for hours. And that's a really common thing with people who um, experience... But maybe they were just off their heads on the lake for hours. Yeah, I suppose if you were out there off off your tits on acid, you'd be like, you could have a common hallucinogenic experience. And then, yeah, and then you'd you'd think that you'd been out there for five minutes and it'd be like three days later. (laughs) Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. But this you're saying that this is 1988 that these recordings were made like... Yeah, it was 10 years after the, the event, yeah. Yeah, like why? What would be there unless they thought they that they were going to make any money out of it? What would be their interest in doing this and saying that these things had happened? Because back then, you're going to be labelled as an absolute freak. Like you're still going to be labelled as a freak these days. If me or you were yeah. like, yeah, and then I went out on a lake, and then I can't account for four hours, and then you go to a hypnotherapy session, and you're suddenly after being abducted by aliens. Like people would be locking you up locking you up they've locked people up for less they yeah that is true that is very true i guess we'll just have to take their word for this meant and their artwork their word and artwork first because they did some oh, lovely I'd love drawings to see, too i'd love to see the drawings will oh please and put it's them beautiful. Up for us. oh they're mm. beautiful Annie. they're beautiful it, is it anything compared to the artwork that you've been creating lately Nobody has asked for my palm tree yet, even though the um, Motu Weird Benzie episode is only out today. Yes, we're recording on Wednesday and you're listening <laughs> to this on Friday. But I'm just waiting for people to flood in. And if you don't know what we're talking about, that's because you're not a Patreon subscriber. So don't even be sending me questions and coming up to my door and saying, Well, what do you mean by the palm tree? Well, ringing my doorbell. Sorry, if you're not going to be a Patreon, then you won't know. It's a secret. It's a secret. Now, Annie, we have to move on with the show. We just can't stay with these men all the time on their boat at the camp. Oh, they glistening bodies in the moonlight, which wasn't moonlight, but it was UFO craft. <laughs> now we're moving on to... Ask a dog with a wig anything. Now, Annie, I put it. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. At the call earlier today and we got in a rake of questions. So are you ready? Oh God, I don't know. Please let it be now and I have a few glasses of wine in me and I might be more truthful than usual. Please do proceed. Annie, Sean Ellis wants to know favourite vegetable question mark? Oh wow. Wow. I think I'm gonna have to say what Will said a few weeks ago was there that like it's probably potato. This is so fucking Irish of us. Like, yeah, it's a walking potato. I know it's a tuber and it's not technically a vegetable. You fuck off all of you Einsteins out there. But it's just so versatile, you just can get so many nutrients out of it. It's been given the bad, bad rap there for people on fucking Atkins diets for years, and that fucking shit will kill you. I like a spud, just so many things you can do with it. And chips are one of my favourite things in the world. Yes, chips, french fries, not the mm, stuff in the bag that you Americans think are chips. Actual chips. Thank you. Next question. Okay. Ruth the Newcomb writes in and she says, Desert, she asks, Desert Island Discs, 8-tracks, a book and a luxury item. What would you take to a desert island? Let's make it 3-tracks. We don't have we don't have all day Annie. And yes, I do listen to Radio 4 and yes, I am 100. <laughs> what did she say? Uh 3-tracks and what else? No, 8-tracks, a book and yeah. a luxury item. Oh, a book and a luxury item. So true, um, what are your so, like, no, she said tree, then she said tree yeah. because we don't have all yeah. day any. So three, three songs that you'd listen to, what book would it be and what luxury item? Um, I, w- I would uh, listen to, I would bring with me um, a lovely song by an Irish uh, writer called Paul Brady. And it's, a, I want to take you to the island. Ah, uh, I'd take that one with me. Are you um, serious? Yeah, I would take Destiny's Child's Bills, Bills, Bills because if I'm going to meet a man on that um, island, be it some kind of orangutan creature or something that we're going to have to repopulate the earth with, he's still going to have to know that like, if he can't pay the bills, then I am going to be cohabitating with him in a little tent made of palm fronds on the island. So he's got to know that I'm an independent woman and we're going to have to put everything <laughs> And what bills would you have 50. on the desert island, Annie? Oh, we might have bills, Will. You don't know about this desert island now. We might... <laughs> We might, we might, we might quickly establish some kind of electricity grid, and then we would have to pay taxes. I'd be up for making a very dem- democratic society out of it, Will, and I'd like you if you just uh, fucking calm down and stay quiet on my section of the show. Now, the third one, mm, this is a little bit. But it's going to have to be something from RuPaul, actually, just to remind me of how beautiful that I can look as a man in drag. Uh, maybe. Uh, Sissy That Walk. I think that that would be a very nice track to bring with me. A right. book would be um, 10 Tips for Surviving on a Desert Island. I don't know if anyone's ever actually after writing that just book ten, before. Just 10. But I think it would be handy for me to have in a situation. You see, I'm a very pragmatic woman. And a luxury item would be a razor because I tell you one thing, these legs turn into cacti very, very quickly. And if I am to repopulate the earth, then I'm going to need to keep these lovely long limbs in a very sexy kind of a position a very sexy kind of a state in case that orangutan creature actually invites me on a date um thank you next question okay um next question comes in from janique and she asks cilantro or coriander yes or no 
absolutely coriander it's not cilantro i don't know where you americans get that out of but it's coriander a lot of people don't like it i love it i put it in everything i actually have some coriander chopped up and put in the freezer for when i need a little bit because you know when you buy the plant and you're like that's a lovely little plant and you buy it from the supermarket and then you don't get to use it and it's withering in front of your eyes and you're like what the fuck do i do with this i haven't even made anything with cilantro so then i just chopped it all up and i put it in ice cube trays and it's been in the fridge for about eight months so if anyone has any recipes please do send them in thank you oh my god and just a side note the guys go on a little discussion about it then afterwards um which can you read in your own time annie okay i'm not your secretary okay <laughs> is that understood annie <laughs> yeah i hope it is very clear annie <laughs> now next alison scott writes in and she says i'm fluctuating between being a vegan and a vegetarian what is your favorite vegan recipe Oh my god, get so many. I do do mean mushroom pie. I know a lot of people that aren't into the mushrooms, but there's a beautiful um, mushroom vegan pie you can do. I can send you the recipe there, Alison. And uh, just a little side note for you that most shop bought puff pastry that you buy is actually vegan because it's made on vegetable oil, it's not made on butter. So if you buy anything out of the fridge or the frozen section and it's pastry, it probably is vegan, but, vegan, but do check the packet for instructions mushroom pie thank you <laughs> um next question in from david mills and he's well he's first he said will i forgot that i promised to send in a voice note and i was going to send one in now but i don't know how to do it what is this witchcraft and then <laughs> i helpfully wrote in i said david would you ever send it over to motustoriesgmail.com so david has any he sent over the audio and it is a um, Mysteries of the Unexplained first we have a fan sending in a voice note oh my Which, god we're famous come on and I just have to download it <laughs> and open it so give us a moment Will and Annie hello from Northumberland Annie my question for you is if there were a zombie apocalypse hitting right now what is your survival strategy and how long do you think you and Will would survive? Oh my, oh my God, what a gorgeous accent. So Will, that is what a Northumberland accent is actually like. It Me is and David like... have talked about this and you don't need to bring it up again. My thought mm. Northumberland <laughs> is authentic <laughs> and David's one is some sort of blowing to the area. It, this is an authentic Northumberland accent. Okay. <laughs> Um, David, you're so cute. Uh, I actually think that I would be fucked in a zombie um, kind of uh, apocalypse because I'd have no meat in the freezer here to throw out at them to try and deflect them from coming into the house and eating me. I only have mm. the dog, which mm. I probably would throw at them to save my own life, to tell you the truth. Yes. But it would be handy yes. if you had a few steaks or something that you could defrost quickly in the microwave and throw them out there and see if they'd be happy with that. Um, I don't think they really would be. The good thing is that I have bought a, mo- a mobile home lately. Yes, Annie is moving into a trailer. Annie actually grew up in a trailer. Um, so she's going back to her roots. She's found house living too hard for her. There's too many rooms and too many doors to walk into. So I'm going back to the trailer. So uh, I'll be living in a trailer very trash. rural <coughs> part. Uh, I'll be living in a very rural part of the country. So I'm hoping that this will give me a kind of a head start if there is a zombie apocalypse. And then um, I do have a lot of siblings and relations living in the area. So I think that I would probably use them as a human shield and kind of like throw them at the zombies before me. Because let's face it, I'm the famous one. And if I'm going to influence the new world order after the zombie apocalypse, like I need to be on the airwaves. I would make sure that I do still have a Wi-Fi connection somehow. And uh, I just keep doing what I do. I like I'm going to keep living my best life, David. And uh, I let people get eaten all around me i've been living on vegetables for the last 15 years so i don't think that people would really want me i am very very sinewy and stringy apart from the flabby bits um, and i'm still i'm trying to get them off me so i'm thinking by the time the zombie apocalypse comes that i will be very inappetizing to the zombies thank you cut to the zombie apocalypse and the radio would be like the first death of the zombie apocalypse has occurred after Annie Gann stuck her fingers in a socket at her home place may she rest in peace 
Yeah, can I just actually, can I just actually clarify that if there were to be any like world emergency kind of a thing, like COVID nearly sent me jumping off cliffs. Like, so if there were to be any actual big world emergency, I think I would just have a few tablets in the house that I could take and slip away there with a glass of wine. And I I just wouldn't want to be part of it, to tell you the truth. Wouldn't be up for dying of fright. I'd just like to slip away playing a little bit of Nick Cave on the airwaves. Thank you. Next question. I, I would imagine it would be like more of a Mrs. Bishop and Amelia situation where I would strangle you on a boat because I'd find a boat and just finish you off that way. <laughs> now, Denise has wrote in and she has a question for you, Annie. How long are your locks when unfurled from atop of your gorgeous, talented head? (laughs) (laughs) Like a snail coming out of its shell. (laughs) The hair coming out of the bun. That is the question, Denise, that nobody has the answer to because I haven't seen it myself in about six or seven years. No, I tell you one thing, though, and a reason why I keep it up in a bun. I have the weirdest fucking hair in the world. Um, I did work in hairdressing for a while and a very good friend of mine once described my hair as being like cancer. He was like, your hair, trying to cut your hair is like trying to cut cancer. It's horrific. And I was like, thank you. Um, it's that kind of hair that like you brush it right you take like about 45 minutes to brush it all straight and you stay still for 30 seconds and somehow somehow it has intertwined itself back into a million billion fairy knots and then you just have to go do it all again as I can't leave it down it just wants to be in one big knot so I just fuck it up on top of my head Um, if anyone has any idea of how to deal with this please do email the show I've been looking for an answer for years thank you Denise I love you Janique sends in another question she says also Annie gin or whiskey and then she says Beta Dubs Irish gin is the best oh girl I actually do love both Um, But gin doesn't really agree with me As in I turn into a wicked bitch Yeah, you think that the sober me is wicked You'd want to see me on gin Um, But I love whiskey And it very much agrees with me And I love a Jemson I love an Irish whiskey Or um, a Glenmorangie Scotch I love Scotch Lived in in Scotland for a while And we all got into drinking the good Scotch over there And my good friend Mary If you're listening I shall be over soon To drink a few glasses with you Hey Mal, um, I love whiskey and I can drink it. Um, I can drink it without getting crazy on it. But you see, I like drinking it just on ice, straight. Like, well, is it straight when it's on ice? I never really know that. I don't hmm. like mixing it with anything. But you can't even go doing that all night because you will be on your fucking arse. So uh, I'm going to have to say whiskey on this one. Jemson, preferably. Very good, very good. Kat Barnett writes in and she says, have you ever completely embarrassed the hell out of yourself while under influence, under the influence? If so, please give all the scandalous details. Lol. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Like, like completely. Pull up a chair, bitches. Um, I did once when I was younger, when I, I was in art school and we'd go to this like kind of, remember Will, this kind of artsy club where they play like all the like uh, like mm, hip music at the time. And at the time, Franz Ferdinand Take Me Out was a really popular. Oh yeah. I don't you to know, da, 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 da. I want you take me out and there was this guy there some metalhead with long hair that I thought was really cute who did not think that I was really cute because I probably wasn't and in the middle of the song I ran up to him at the take me out bit and I said I want you to take me out thought was cute and he looked at me like I was (laughs) he looked at me like I was the last puppy in a dog home that nobody wanted to take because it was a cretin and infested with mange and fleas and just turned his head and walked away and I was like okay bye I also have um, best tenor I ever spent (laughs) I have with Will on several nights um, made a complete show of myself I did slap one of his boyfriends across the face pretty hard one night and yeah. that that took a little bit of reparations to um, 
to sort out but I would like to say that Will took my side in that as much of a bitch as I was being uh, Will took my side and didn't side with his boyfriend they're no longer together but I but I do appreciate the gesture <laughs> Annie Gan ruining relationships since 1901. <laughs> and I, I, I recall an instance where you got absolutely pissed and the hill in the town that we were living in, um, we were walking home and you decided to go a little bit up the hill, get in the middle of the road, <laughs> lie down in the middle of the road and roll, roll down the hill, <laughs> like the road, to the bottom. And mm-hmm. you were saying, I'm a car. <laughs> what was I? Yeah. What? You, you were just going, I, I'm a car as you rolled with chippings getting stuck in your hair. It was just very fucking weird. Anyway, I just scooped you up and brought you home. Well, I didn't scoop you up because I was maybe left you. But I just gathered you up. <laughs> anyway, Kat sends in another question. Kat, now you're getting a little bit greedy, but we'll allow it. <laughs> Cass wants to know what's a completely irrational fear you have. Um, I'm really scared of spiders. It's fucking stupid. I hate it. I would actually That's like not to irrational get some kind, though. Some kind of um fear. Some kind of therapy for it. I know it is irrational, Will, because I know that they can't hurt me. Like, we're in Ireland. It's not as if that they're, like, huntsmen or whatever. Like, they're not. I know. I know. But they actually... Do you know when you have, like, this visceral reaction to something? Like, I don't mind the kind of little spindly ones, like, that have small bodies and long spindly legs. There's actually a few in my house right now, and I'm trying to, like... I'm on a therapy program. So I'm trying to just let a few live in the corners and be like, okay, that's fine. You're okay. You're there. It's fine. And then some days I just get angry and hoover them up. And um, some, um, also another, uh, it's not a fear, right? But this is a very irrational thing about me. And I don't know, I, please let somebody else be like this as well. Whenever anybody goes to me, oh, I saw this really cool video on my phone. Do you want to look at it? I just go, nope. Nah, I don't want to. Yeah, you do. Like that. I've had so many rows with people. Yeah, people send me videos and they send me clips and they um if somebody's sitting beside me and they go, <laughs> "Look at this." I'll just be like, mm, "No, nah, I don't know. I don't really want to." I don't know what it is, but if you want to show me something on your phone, I'm immediately going to say no. I know what it is. It's called pig ignorance. That's what that's called. Thank you, everybody, for sending in your questions. And um, sorry, I just wanted to say that David sent in his voice note there. And he also said he loved listening to the pod and binging. He's binging, binging his way through the Patreon episodes. And he said, I may find the balls to send you guys some of my own personal paranormal experiences one day. So please do send them in, David. And also, if you wish to send in your questions like David has via voice note, you can just email the show at mo2stories at gmail.com because we'll just air them that way if you wish. If you wish, if you wish, if you wish. Thank you everyone for being so interested in my life because it's so interesting. Oh my God, wait, I'm going to have to cut off this um, absolute shy talking. There's uh, news. <laughs> What's Roshin? I didn't know you're after busting in the door there. I thought you were off today. <laughs> a news bulletin? Me? Read it out on the live on air. Oh, go on. Okay, right. Oh, hold on. I'll get me beer and there now. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Bank robbery in England goes awry because of some bad handwriting. <laughs> Ian Slattery fled empty handed after tellers struggled to read his threatening note. <laughs> bad handwriting thwarted a bank robbery in southern England because tellers couldn't. Oh, for fuck's sake, and ads after popping up on my fucking screen and it's after <laughs> ruining me news bulletin. Because tellers couldn't decipher the robber's threatening note. Retiree Alan Slattery, 67, fled empty-handed from a nationwide building society branch in Eastbourne in March after employees struggled to read his message demanding that he hand... Demand, his message demanding they hand over cash, Sussex police revealed on Thursday. Police shared a picture of the note on Twitter. If you look hard enough, you can read, your screen won't stop what I've got. Just hand over tens and twenties. Think about your customers. Now, I found it really hard to read the note. I will put it up <laughs> for you guys on Facebook. Later that month, Slattery made off with 2,400 British pounds 
funds from a nationwide branch in his hometown of St. Leonard's. He tried another robbery at a NatWest branch in Hastings in April but left with no money. Police later identified Slattery from bank security footage and arrested him near his home. The footage is extremely clear. He had no disguise whatsoever. It was just him. You could make him out no bother. He pleaded guilty to one count of robbery and two counts of attempted robbery. In July, a judge sentenced him to six years. Really long for awareness, but like he should get it. But it is a mystery of the Unexplained Newsworthy segment because... First of all, his mis- his handwriting was very mysterious. He couldn't decipher it. So if this was back in the, um, if this was back pre-camera time, Annie, this would be a mystery of the unexplained episode. Because he'd be like, what did the note read? What was he trying to do? Who was this mysterious character? Were these hieroglyphics or an ancient alien language? What was he looking for? You know? Some chap who leaves school at about nine, he'd be like, I don't need no fucking language. I don't need to learn how to write no English or nothing. I'm going to rob banks. Oh, shit. I don't know how to rob banks because I can't write, you see, and they don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded like Bosco. And if you don't know what Bosco, who Bosco is, just search Bosco Irish. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just yeah it's Bosco Ireland and that's you'll figure it out and yes we are referring to that character with the red hair and the cheeks yes 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 and um, that did sound like Bosco well that was really shit that was a really shit new you were giving out to me about my one last week now it was actually class it was about a fucking woman who earns money on the internet for farting and you bring along some chap who can't write trying to rob a bank I oh I forgot step- that your news story won an Emmy I forgot that that won an Emmy that one about flatulence it has it hasn't won it yet but it has been nominated it hasn't oh, wait, won quite yet but it has been nominated there's another another bulletin Roshan another oh bulletin. Jesus holy Christ Mysteries of the Unexplained News Bulletins are absolute pure muck. All of them, including <laughs> Annie's and Will's, it's been decided today. Thank you. We just like keep pe- keeping people in touch with what's happening on the street. That's what's happening on the street, so it is. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. And we will see you on Wednesday, if you're a Patreon subscriber, and for Motu Weird Wednesdays. And we'll see you next week for another main episode. Thanks for listening today. We love you. We love you all. Join us, Join us next week for more mysteries of the unexplained. This tune's gonna punish you, punish you, punish you, punish you, punish you. Fucking stop! Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.